0: Welcome back to Rosenball's trade, trade, trade off the presses. I want to talk about the trade for a few minutes. Jonas Valanciunas, the 17th pick, and a few other goodies basically go to New Orleans for Adams and 10. Adams, Eric Bledsoe and 10, rather. Let's dissect this a little bit. So first off, a couple of things. Jonas Valanciunas had a really nice year. No one's denying that. And he embraced the identity of Memphis, fit well into their plans, was a nice building block for the future. No one's going to deny that. But a couple things happening in the NBA and a couple things happening with Memphis. Let's talk about what's happening with both. First, in today's NBA, it's a wing-driven link. You need more wings. Wings are like lefties out of the bullpen in baseball. You just want more and more of them and more guys who have the flexibility to play two through four. As we saw with both teams in the finals, you need the ability of guys to play like wings. You need about four of them, three to four of them in in, in a unit at a given time. Um, a great example is look like at Phoenix. So obviously Chris Paul is the, the handler. We talk about this in today's NBA, how it's tricking from really... Uh, Three positions, handler, wing, and big, to two, which is wing and big. And eventually, by the way, it's just all going to be wings. You want flexibility. Wings give you that because if they're lengthy enough and they're skilled enough, they could be able to pass dribble shoot and hopefully defend and, and, and be a help defender. So wings give you that ability. So Memphis is basically trading down, or trading up rather, unloading Valchunas. They're declining. They're they're, they're going from Valchunas to Adams, which is fine because Tillman, Xavier Tillman, who's a young player, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who is out for most of the year, hopefully is healthy, are really going to be their their bigs of the future. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a good, um, future big for today's NBA. He's bulky. He's thick. But he could shoot the three and defend. That's what you want. You want guys who could, who could shoot the three and defend. He'll space the floor. So, going from Valanciunas to Adams not not a killer. You're basically getting a similar guy to Valchunas. It's kind of it's kind of funny. They're kind of, you know, the Australian version and the and the Serbian version of each other. Really, really similar players, just in terms of how they play, their style, their demeanor, et cetera, et cetera. I think Adams will be fully embraced in Memphis, so they're getting, uh, you know, at least similar players. But again, if they want Jackson getting more minutes, Tillman any more minutes, they don't need a guy like Valchunas doing that, right? You don't need to be spending and, and getting this asset if you really only need it for let's say twenty to twenty-five minutes a night. Adams is perfect in that scenario, <clears throat> but again, the most supportive thing is is you're moving up in the draft. So the difference between 17 and 10 in this draft is, is quite critical. Uh, I've said this before. This draft has a couple of tiers, as any draft does. Um, I would say Cunningham is on a tier of his own. Green, Mobley in some order, and, and Suggs, two, three, four. I put them in the same tier. People are separating Suggs from that tier. I still don't know a lot about Green. So, uh, Suggs, to me, is a safer pick. He's kind of like a Kyle Lowry pick. He's a different player than Kyle Lowry. I, I acknowledge that. Just saying you're going to get that level of point guard. He'll make maybe a few all-star teams, but it'll be like a nice third guy on a contending team, just like he was on Toronto. Um, and that's a great haul to get for the third or fourth pick in any draft. Green, Green's got the biggest, uh, you know, gap between ceiling and and basement, basically, and floor, rather, uh, for for him. Because, we don't know what his shot's going to look like. He could drive and get to the rim and everything like that, but depending on his shot, it's a, diff- it's a difference between you know Tyreek Evans and James Harden. Remember, Evans won Rookie of the Year. Everyone was really excited, um, and it didn't really follow up. His shot note was never there. So obviously, like this is this is really, I hate when people are like, "Oh, the NBA is just shooting." I mean the. The historical remnants of the game is shooting a basketball into a peach basket. Of course you need to shoot. It's like a baseball. It's like, well, the guy is great, but, uh, you know, he can't throw. Baseball right now is just about throwing. Well, duh, you're throwing a baseball around. Or it's just about hitting. Using guys to hit, like it's ridiculous. You're just focused on hitting too much. Of course you are. It's how say you score runs. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. Of course you need shooting. You need to put a ball in a basket. It's not that, it's not that complicated. God's sake. Golfer, yeah, just focus on getting the ball in the putt. But he's really good at this. You know, his swing is great. Oh my god! Of course, you need to shoot. So yeah, if it, if it, if green shot isn't good enough, that that can mean more of a Tyreek Evans like career. So that's a scare some people picking up. But again, you got to take that risk in the draft. Evan Mobley, people throw an AD's name around. Look, if, if there's a remnants of AD, you take it. But again, it's also about scarcity of resources. So as we said. If in a given unit you need three to four wings, I mean, on a team you need eight wings, you know, three handlers, three bigs, let's say, 14 players. So, obviously, you need a higher proportion of wings. You got to keep drafting wings when possible, like try to keep improving your wings. It's like outfielders, but even more so. It's a higher percentage. So, again, if if Memphis has a shot to move up in a draft and get – the third tier of players, as we didn't even mention, so after Suggs, it really goes 5 through 13. I'm not going to mention all the players, but basically it's some combination of um, Moody, Scotty Barnes, Kuzminga, Johnson, um, Williams, Book Knight, Crispit, and I'm probably missing uh, a few others. There's like seven guys, seven, eight guys who could all go in that range. And it's very difficult to tell who's better than who. Now, I like Scotty Barnes. I think he's better than the rest of those guys. Fit may not be there, but the, he's definitely better than the rest of those guys. Um, but, again, w- one of those guys is going to be there at 10. And I think the, any player in that grouping has, you know, I look at it as a third, a third, a third. And, and look, anything in the NBA is a risk. But, you know, scared money don't make money. So there's a 33% chance. The guy's, let's just say, out of a rotation. 33% chance he's a nice rotational talent. 33% chance he's an all-star. In that range, in this draft. Ideally, you want two stabs at it. Like, I personally think two selections in 5 through 12 is better than three. Personally. I take two stabs at it and I hope I hit a wing. If I hit two, amazing. But I go the Clipper route when they have back-to-back picks. I keep mentioning this up. They took Sh- Shai Gilchrist-Alexander. This is years ago, obviously. It's about three years ago. And Jerome Robinson in back-to-back picks. One is being floated around to be traded for the number one pick, SGA. Great player. Looks like he's going to have a, a good career. Could make an all-star team. The other one, Jerome Robinson, I believe is out of the league. So that's what happens in these drafts. It is that. And that's a back-to-back. It is that hit or miss. It is that hit or miss. On the flip, so that's Memphis's goal, right? They they know they're not there yet. They're just not there yet. They lost in the play, and they got to keep doubling down on youth and and hope to hit. You hope Jackson's. They, they got to play. They got to force Jackson Jr. to more minutes, which which this deal does. They got to hope you know Brooks continues. Kyle Anderson continues, obviously. Um, Bain, you know, develops, but they hope to hit in this draft. They hope the 10th pick becomes a, a good rotational talent and gets him to the next echelon, which is making the playoffs. Let's move to New Orleans' side of this. So, look, I totally get, um, you know, Griffin trying to upgrade the roster, um, and he upgraded from Adams to Valchunas. That is an upgrade. Having said that, I think the overall... Roster construction, the the way it's been done, the just in general, like everything about it, um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Zion is so bulky; I, I feel like you need several shooters with him, and you gotta consider either playing him at a five or playing him with a five that can space, which is obviously very hard to obtain. No one's gonna deny that, right? But because of that I don't think Val Tunis is that guy. you know I, I think that's a real tough call. Um, I don't know what they're ex- expecting but look he's definitely he's definitely not he's definitely not that guy. So since he's not that guy as a result um, I, I don't think it really improves New Orleans much and then they moved out in the draft. If I were them, like if you're gonna move the first round pick, just move the pick. There's no point in getting the 17th pick unless you like, like a backup. Like I don't know who you like in the draft, but I'd probably move the the 17th pick at this stage for a rotational talent. I don't know who. I have to go through it. Who's looking to rebuild now? Uh, is there someone on Cleveland? Um, I don't know, but get a spacer next to Zion, um, and then I'd also move Brandon Ingram. I don't think he fits with him. And I think you have to get a two-for-one with Ingram. I think you have to get two spacers. I would look at some some deal involving McCullum and Covington. It's probably a uh, overpay for Portland. But that's the kind of move I make. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Let's see what else happens. On the flip a flip.